The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. You're listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show with host Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Tune in every week as Tyler and Zan recap the biggest storylines and news in the NBA. Welcome to the 133rd episode of the Underdog Sports NBA show. I am Tyler Laurie and I'm joined as always by my co-host Zandrick Ellison out in L.A. Probably sad today because... The Lakers aren't getting Giannis. They're not getting Rudy Gobert, so things aren't going well in L.A. But other than that, how, how are things out your way, Zan? I'm excited because the season's starting very quickly. And it's time for our annual wins draft, preseason wins draft. And if you don't remember, this is like the first episode we ever did, I think, was the wins draft. The yeah. first, two years ago. And we go back and forth taking wins, and you add up the wins at the end of the year. And that first year... You, it's the first time we ever did a podcast. So I didn't know you. You didn't really know me in terms of our basketball takes. I think you beat me at the end of the year by about a hundred plus wins, which seems mathematically impossible. We each have 15 teams each. How do you beat me by like 10 wins a team? It seems very hard to do, but you did it. I did hit the Bucks, which was like 25 extra wins. That's for, yeah, two years ago when they first broke out. And then last year, I've been soaking up your wisdom, got a little bit better. I did well in the East last year. And then I think it was Golden State I took, and they were projected to win, you know, 40 games, and they ended up winning 15, and I lost by about 20. Yeah, so that was I'm a getting hard one. better. I'm getting cool. better, but I'm still not there yet. So this is maybe the year that I overtake you. Yeah, I, uh, I'm excited. I enjoy the wins draft. We'll try to keep it. Sometimes it goes pretty long. We'll, we'll try to keep it short. Uh, well, as we yeah, typically- we've previewed each team and did their over under. So we kind of know, but it's more about the, the Queen's Gambit chess battle, I think, at this point. And is, 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 am I getting better or are you getting worse? What do you think the ultimate takeaway is? I don't, I think you're getting better. I think that's, I think you had a rough, I think you had Golden State like decently pegged. Last, yeah, last year, year and then, I thought Steph would win MVP. I thought they would be like a four yeah. seed and it didn't happen. I do think on this episode too, we'll get into some of the Bovada Sportsbook odds on MVP, most improved player and stuff like that as well as we discuss some teams and maybe give our picks because the season does start Tuesday, December 22nd. It seems crazy that it's starting. And then obviously Christmas Day coming up this Friday is the, you know, typically like the biggest day of the year, but how people really view the NBA is starting. So it'll be interesting to see how. NBA numbers look and how they do flying around the country and everything like that. Because I I think I do want to bring up one thing first and I won't talk about it long, but I saw Nate Jones on Twitter talking about this. Do you think that no fans in the stands is going to really affect the viewing experience? Because they did a really good job in the bubble. It actually was fun. I remember texting you during like Boston and uh, Toronto, maybe it was like game six or game seven or whatever. And I was like, man, this feels like the place is rocking but it's going to be hard to do that when everyone's not in the same place and you don't really have like a universal standard for how to do things. And obviously they played in a very small arena by comparison. Like, do you think the viewing experience is going to be worse watching the first maybe month of the season or, or, or longer? Maybe they won't have fans yeah. at all. Do you think it's gonna be worse watching guys in like 20,000 seat stadiums? Like, how's it going to feel? Do you think? That's a great point. I think, it, you know, cause you're right. Like 
uh, after like a week in the bubble, you kind of just forgot about it. Yeah, you didn't and know. Then, like it was good as a viewer. I'm sure as a you know player, obviously it's different, but you know that was like high production value, national TV games usually, and so you know the random you know Charlotte Cleveland game. Are they really going to put in the same sort of effort? I think it's going to be more notable. You know, the announcers are not, you know, they're not as good. They can't like portray that. I was watching some preseason games. It's like really notable how bad like the local announcers are. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think for Cleveland, especially, I think that was the one that kind of stuck with me. I, I think it's going to feel weird, but you know, that's most NBA fans. They kind of just like sim the season and wait to the playoffs anyway. Yeah. So maybe by that point, and maybe they'll bubble the playoffs. I don't know that that's not anything that we have any idea of right now, but it just it was something I was thinking about as we talk a bunch about ratings in the past and like whether you know the viewing experience is better or worse. And I, I just was because I watched some college games, like I watched Gonzaga and Iowa this past Saturday, and like good game, like they got up and down, like it's you know fun. And I remember thinking, like, man, it just feels kind of like eerie if that makes sense. Like it just feels a little different in a giant stadium than because football is pretty easy to do, right? And baseball, like it's a, it's a small view, so you don't really notice. But basketball, like you have the right. overhead view, so I mean, well, it's and also take with some football, with football, like the fans aren't that close anyway. Right, right. And so the NBA is like they're supposed to be right there. You're supposed to see Jack Nicholson or whatever. <laughs> um, so that is weird. But let's get to it. So, okay, so you're, you're gonna, the two-time champion in a row. Right. It's my and year to get the first pick. First pick, yeah, and you get the first pick. It's the rich get richer. Yeah. So, so we're going to pick – we'll do the same thing where we go conference by conference instead of, like, having it just be a total snake. So I get the first pick, and I know who I'm going to pick, so I'm going to start with the Western Conference. So you'll get the first pick in the Eastern Conference. How does that work for you? That's fine. You are the king, and I have to – you know, it's like boxing. You have to knock out the champ. So I, I, I play by your rules. I'm not going to win a decision here. All right, so I'm going to start in the West, and I am going to buy in to the cult of – LA, but I'm going to take the Clippers as my first pick. You're you're recording this, right? What? No, I'm saying you're recording the picks, right? Oh yeah, I'm like, you're right. supposed to be the audio producer. No, no, I'm also the producer of the show. We'll leave okay. that in so you guys can hear. But I'm going to pick the Clippers. Uh, I liked again. We, we talked about their over under on uh, Bovada and kind of how I feel like their improvements are kind of vastly understated, and I, I do think the Lakers are a team that everyone is waiting to just go back to back and it feels like their odds are way out of whack, but the Clippers have the second best odds to win the title. And I just feel like this year you get a full season of Paul George where he claims he's not hurt. We'll see. Uh, He signed a new contract, so there's not a ton of pressure on him. Kawhi gets some time off and I like the improvements they made. Like I think Luke Kennard is better for them. Like I think Serge Ibaka matters. I think Doc, I think is a good coach, but I think Ty Lue might be a better fit for this particular group of guys. So I'm very high on the Clippers this year. I, do you think they're going to win the title? I, I think I would pick them to win the title. Uh, but so they're going to be my first pick. I just had that weird flashback. Like, are you recording this? I, I'm if the thought flashed in my head. Maybe this is all fake. Maybe you were, I've been re- talking to a madman for like two years. Who's never actually posted these podcasts. We're supposed to be doing. I'm just Lloyd Braun. The computer's just not plugged in, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but then you come back with the Clippers pick and you prove that you, you know what you're talking about. Cause I would have taken them as well over the Lakers for the same reason. I think it's just like, they're going to have a chip on their shoulder. They're going to push harder in the regular season. Lakers are going to coast. I think LeBron's going to take 10 games off. Um, but at number two, you still have to take the Lakers. They have, you know, matching over unders. I would take the Clippers slightly ahead in the regular season, but the Lakers sitting there at two, I have to take them. 
I'm a little disappointed. I, I, I thought there was a chance that you would do something crazy and go off the board and be like, all right, I'm going to take, you know, Utah. And I was going to get to take the Lakers, which is good. So I am going to take the Dallas Mavericks third. Whoa. I'm going to buy into Luka Doncic. Uh, first of all, I do think that the West is just like totally stacked. And I think there's a bunch of teams that could win 45 games. And like I've said a bunch, I think the guys have to lose games, but I'm going to buy into the Mavs here. Uh, I just, I just think Luca's got a chance to be the best player in the NBA. And as we've seen with guys like this, like when they take their big leap into superstardom and he might've done it last year and they get everything kind of working around them. Like, I just think he's got a chance. And I think they have to regress to the mean in close games. They were so bad in close games last year. So even if that's four or five more wins, then, you know, they're the three seed. Like, and so, so I really like Dallas. Uh, I think obviously Luca is the easy pick for MVP. He has the highest odds or the lowest odds on Bovada, but I don't know if I, if there's value in it, but I do think it, it makes too much sense. Like he's got to be the early favorite to win MVP. So I'm going to go with the Mavs third. Um, and last year's wins draft, adding it up, that was one of your good picks. And, you know, you took Dallas. I thought that was a little high there over under last year and they won over, you know, despite losing, you know, 10 regular season games. I mean, from the schedule and, you know, Luca's just way ahead of schedule. I disagree on the Luca MVP thing. I know he's the number one, you know, betting favorite and there's a sort of bias against, you know, repeat winners maybe a little overstated, but like, how does he beat Giannis? If Giannis puts up better stats, better record, much better defense, like what's the argument for Luca? just that he's new? He's not Giannis. Yeah. What do you, yeah. I mean, what do you, what do you want to say? Like, I think it's funny that we, we talk about this and like, we act like reporters and stuff vote in good faith. And I think in general they, they do, but like if Giannis just puts up the exact same season as he had this past season, then he absolutely should be the MVP, right? Like he was far and away the best player in the regular season but he hasn't won in the playoffs. We don't care what he does in the regular season anymore. It's like when Derrick Rose won MVP. Like, he was this young up-and-coming guy. He was super exciting. Like, but he wasn't better than LeBron, you know? Well, and to your point, like, I did some research on this recently, and the idea of voter fatigue, I think, is a little overrated because there have been a lot of back-to-back winners. What about back-to-back-to-back? Right, that's the point. I think you're, you're made about LeBron, too. There have been no, in the last 20 years three-time in a row winners. And that time, Derrick Rose was sort of the surprise MVP. He broke up LeBron after winning two in a row. So maybe that's the case here. That's a good example. I, I will say though, Although, he, I will say this, though. Derrick Rose did lead his team to the number one seed that year yeah. over LeBron, and, who was on Miami. So I understood it a little bit at the and, time. And I, and I do think that's a reasonable question to ask, right? Like, let's say the Mavs aren't as good as I think. And let's say the Mavs finish fifth. Does the guy from the fifth place team in the West win MVP. Like that's hard to consider. Right. And let's say the Lakers, like maybe Kawhi is honestly like the guy that seems like the best value. If we think he's good is probably Kevin Durant and we'll get to Brooklyn. Yeah. But like, well, he, I, I agree, but I just think you need like that Derek Rose year. You either need a better record and slash yeah. narrative, or you need better stats. And it's just hard for me to understand it. And I also think for MVP, the fact that Giannis signed his big extension helps the buzz around him a little bit. I think people were kind of resenting him and I think it makes him more of a fan favorite again, media darling again. So I wouldn't be shocked if he wins it again. I wouldn't take him like over the field, but I would personally list him as the favorite. Anyway, back to the wins draft. So you took Dallas. I, you know, Denver has clearly the third highest over under on the board in the West, but I'm, I'm ignoring them as well. I'm going Utah. 
Damn Speaking it. of extensions, they just signed Rudy Gobert. Good vibes there. I think they were just as good as Denver last year. I like bringing Derek Favors back. I like having Mike Conley a year in the system. You took them number one in the West last year. Yeah. And they were slightly disappointing by that standard. But I think they have that potential to be the number one seed. Again, I think they'll be in the top two or three. So I'm going to take Utah I, I, Jazz. I almost took Utah. And I probably could have. And then you might have taken Denver and I still could have gotten Dallas. I just didn't want to lose Dallas. I'm ve- I am very high on Dallas this year, as you are aware. Like, I'm very, very high on Dallas. But Utah's good. That Rudy Gobert extension is bad. Don't know how else to explain it. Five years, $205 million. Like, I get it. What else are you going to do if you if you let him walk? You already have a bunch of other centers anyway. He gets played off the floor against teams that play ISO. He is not good enough to guard Jokic. So, like... You have to have kind of like the perfect matchup in the playoffs for him. I feel bad because he's a really good player. Like, I think he's super valuable, but like $40 million a year, that seems – I thought they'd offer him a max. I didn't think they'd go to the super max, and I think that I thought they'd let the, the chips fall where they may. I, I think it's a I think it's an overpay. I think I understand why they overpaid, but I wouldn't want to be the one paying Rudy Gobert $40 million in, in year three or four. I just don't. I just don't see it, you know. Like, the league values defense so much less than they value offense, and if his defense ages poorly, what do they do, Zan, you know? It just seems like a lot of money for a guy that can easily get played off the floor. I don't know. It's weird. I, I like him. I mean, I like him in the short term, you know? Yeah, I agree with you. Fine. It's just scary. There, get, there's all this, like, super max talk, and it's just like, you know, it seems relatively reasonable in the first year. I think he's worth like 35 million now. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. But it it's, is a little scary because it's so, guys like, you know, you know, he's better than Steven Adams, but Steven Adams signed this big contract and it was considered a good deal. And then like a year later, it's it was considered bad. a bad deal. Yeah, so it's it is scary to sign it's a good center. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just not. And it's weird because teams are drafting centers and maybe they're, maybe centers are like the new running back. And we're like, you just, want a center on like a, a very like cost controlled deal. And then you spend your money elsewhere and just funnel those guys in and out. Cause like they can play. I, I don't know. I, I, I said to somebody today this morning, actually, uh, or the morning of when the deal was signed that like, I thought there was a legitimate argument that you would rather have Brooke Lopez in the playoffs, defensively speaking one, he can shoot. So he keeps the floor space. And then two, he's like the best big and drop coverage in the NBA. If you're going to play a true center. So like if I can have Brooke Lopez for 20 million a year, on a short-term deal, I'd much rather have that than Rudy Gobert. But it's, but it's just funny how like the the sort of perception changes so easily. Like yeah. last a few months ago, we're talking about Denver and Utah having this epic round one series, and it goes down to the last shot, and Denver barely squeaks by, and, and then it feels like in per- perception of fans, like these are two wildly different teams, and I don't see that. Yeah, they're definitely they're definitely not. I, I think I, I think Utah's better than Denver. Like, if you, I would have been ecstatic if you took Denver with your fourth pick or with your second. Well, so pick. yeah, so you have fifth pick. Are you just gonna take Denver? Are you that anti Denver? You're. Gonna I'm gonna take to Denver. I'm gonna take Denver. Uh, Denver is very very good. I think they will win. You know, whatever right at right around whatever prorated fifty win pace is. Like, I, I think Denver's good. Uh, I think they're much more consistent than either like Phoenix or Portland or anybody like that in not knowing what we, I guess, know about, you know, how Portland will integrate their wings and how Phoenix will integrate Chris Paul and all that stuff. So I expect Michael Porter Jr. to have a big, big year. Uh, he is plus 1000 on Bovada for uh, most improved player. He's not my favorite guy for most improved player, but he's going to score a bunch of points. They were better with him on the court last year in the playoffs than they were with Jeremy Grant. If 
he can figure out how to defend. It gives them that third score. And if we see playoff Jamal Murray, this team is really, really good. Uh, I do think the favorite for most improved. I'm just curious. It is, I think it's, I think it's John Morant. Let me look. Uh, Most improved favorite is, oh, actually interesting. Okay. So DeAndre Ayton's plus 800, Shea Gilgis Alexander plus 800, Michael Porter plus a thousand. You know, I have done some research on this too. I'm like the new uh, Nate Silver here, apparently with, you know, my research and, and questionable takes. I, uh, the statistical profile of the average most improved player I actually looked it up recently. And it's a guy who's entering his fourth year, I think. And he's like 23 and the guy that fit the, and they usually improve by about six points a game. So I think it's hard for some of those guys like John Moran or even Shea. I think it's hard to get up to that level they have jamal murray as like fourth at plus 1200 there's no way he'd have to average like 30 a game yeah it's hard to do um the guys they were suggesting based on the model i think like og and anobi he's on there plus 2000 yeah it's just does he have the offensive upside i don't know john Morant, i think makes a lot of sense if he takes like a huge leap but it's hard he was the second overall pick like and i know brandon ingram was too but it was kind of a longer leap for him like Luca probably was the most improved player in the NBA last right. year, right? Because he went from pretty good rookie yeah, they, of the year. They rarely give it to like sophomores. I think yeah. like it's only happened a couple of times. Well, what um, if Zion averages thirty? I, hey, it might happen. Like, all right, um, go. You're, okay, sixth pick overall. You know, there's some good candidates. I just have to go with safe here. I'm going to go Portland. Oh, I think they're a little overrated in terms of public perception, but. They feel safe to me, you know, adding Covington, healthy Nurkic. I think they're, of all the teams left, I think they're the safest playoff team. And so I'm just going to go with them here. Yeah, Dame getting a lot of like MVP love, but I think this is exactly what we talked about. He had an awesome offensive season last year, one of the best of his career, maybe the best in the NBA. And it's just really hard because like Portland is just like their ceiling has to be like the four seed or three seed. I, I would imagine they're just not good enough, but they are very good. I'm going to take. This is where things get interesting, I guess. Uh, you know, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to take Phoenix, I guess, and just assume Chris Paul has like a really good year and Devin Booker's awesome and, and they have a very well-pieced together roster. This team could win a lot of games. I don't think they're like the Bucks of two years ago where like they take a huge jump. I, I think they still have some real issues, especially at like, the five spot, uh, you know, with eight and playing, they don't have any real depth. They're playing kind of weird guys at the four, but like Jay Crowder could have a big year. So I, I expect Phoenix to be pretty good. I expect Phoenix to make the playoffs. And I think this is where we'll, I'll, I'll take Phoenix. I think that's a good pick. I mean, I'm high on Phoenix. Cause I had to ask this question. Like, I think, isn't this roster better than Oklahoma city's roster last year? I think, I, so. I, I think definitely, I think yeah. definitely better. And so it's just a matter of, are you getting 70 games of Chris Paul? I don't know about that. Yeah. But if you do, then I think it's, there's potential for, you know, a four or five seed. I think they're really good. You know, and it's interesting that you say that too, because I do think this roster fits very well stylistically, whereas Oklahoma City was a little different with their three guards. But this roster also doesn't do as well with guys for Chris Paul to kind of, I don't want to say like control, but like Chris Paul was a big part of the Oklahoma City locker room which we weren't sure how that would go, but he had a good roster for him to be a leader on. This Phoenix team, Monty Williams is great. Odds on favor to be coach of the year, which makes total sense. But like, 
you know, do we know if Devin Booker or DeAndre Ayton, two guys that haven't always had the best reputation for doing what they're supposed to do, like, do we know that those guys are just going to buy into Chris Paul like Shea Gilgis Alexander did? I, I think they probably will. He's Chris Paul, but like, there, there's some, there's some like potential for a, a bad locker room here. Not a ton, I don't think, but there's some. Yeah, and then you're stuck together because you know you have big contracts. What do you do? They're not going to be if Chris Paul is injured, let's say, and looks as bad as he did. You know, he, the perception around him was he had this huge albatross contract, and then now he's like you know everyone's you know favorite player again. Yeah, it's fun, but yeah, it's funny. It how could it change works. again. You never know. Um, so he has a player option for forty million. Do you think today, as we record, Phoenix wants him to pick it up, or they want him to decline for it? next year? For next um, year. I think they would want to wait and see just to make sure. Cause he, I mean, look like LeBron's such a Marvel. There's really not that many examples of 35 year old guys who are really good. That's like 35 year old sub six footers. Yeah. It, it's, that would scare me, but he's obviously really good right now. Um, okay. The next pick is going to be tough. Cause golden state derailed my old draft last year. Do I trust them again? You have Houston as of right now, James Harden has not been traded. If he's healthy and he's playing, they'll be good. If not, they could tank. Who knows? Um, and then you have the wild card with New Orleans, too. I think they're a huge you're high picking, variance team. You're picking Golden State. Come on. I'm not. Oh, wow. Really? I'm buying into the Zion hype. I'm going against my brother. <laughs> he's been Dondre so Gallison. good in the preseason again. He looks great. He's amazing. so good at converting. I think the shooting's a real issue for the whole team, but... I like the coach. I think Stan Van Gundy's going to win coach of the year. I think they're going to be a above oh. 500 team if they're all healthy. All right, so Stan Van, that's a good I, – I love to hear that. What do you think his odds are? Okay, he's plus 1,800 on Bovada to win coach to win of the year. year. I would book it. That's pretty good, honestly. Stan is a good, Stan's a good pick for that. All right, so you took New Orleans. I thought I was going to be able to sneak New Orleans in after my next pick. I'm going to – God, I really want to take Houston. Uh, but I, well, I also figured you'd take either Houston or Golden State, and I would get one of the two. Yeah, which is – yeah, I mean, I can't take both. All right, I'm going to oh, – man. I'm going to take – okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the inside baseball thing for a second. Uh, I've heard a lot of stuff about this James Harden – these James Harden rumors over the course of the last week or so. In fact, I told you many days ago now that I, I had heard they were – had the real Ben Simmons talks. As far as I know, those talks have gone nowhere. And now Houston is kind of like, okay, well, we're just going to maybe try to trade you to whoever we can get the best package, right? And it makes sense. Philly makes sense because Ben Simmons is a great player to build around. But now Houston's kind of like, all right, well, the Nets thing is probably not going to happen. The Sixers thing is not going to happen. So, like, who's going to give us what we want? And I think that that makes it more likely. I, I think if we had this draft three days ago, I think I would have taken Houston with this pick because I would have just assumed that, all right, they'll at least have Harden to the trade deadline. I don't feel super confident in that now based on what I've heard. I, I've heard that, like, at this point, even though he's playing, like, it's, it's more of a matter of when, not if, because they're not even going to say, like, all right, James, we'll trade you wherever you want to go. Like, they're just going to be like, okay, so-and-so wants you. Like, this is where you're going, right? And so I didn't think they would do that before, but I, I do think they'll do it now. So I'm going to take Golden State here. It's kind of a roundabout way to say I'm taking Golden State because I just don't – I don't want to be stuck with, like, Harden and, and the Rockets going, like, 12-7 and seven to start the year, and then they deal Harden and the Rockets just, Thanks. you know, 
win eight games the rest of you know what i mean like with harden team's good I, yeah, with harden this is a steal for sure but this this could be where i lose the draft but then i feel like i'm compelled to take houston just based on the idea that if he's playing they're gonna win 40 games you have to take him but you, how can yeah. you not take them but i agree like if they trade even for ben simmons who i like a lot it's just the roster's not good enough to win you know they could be one of the worst teams in the league the only saving grace i think is they don't have their own pick next year yeah so it doesn't so, make sense like it do, you can't tank yet but i mean can you help yourself if you get ben simmons and john wall as like your two best players like where's that going in the west i don't know and demarcus cousin bombing bombing away from three <laughs> i love it uh, they'll be fun to watch it'll be great i'll think houston i mean it's scary i do think there's a good chance that like you take houston and harden stays and just like goes on a rampage i don't they're not gonna win the title but like right no he could and i think he he probably would if they if he plays i the nightmare scenario for this pick for me at number 10 overall is it gets so bad that they like hold harden out as they debate like trades like anthony davis that last year in new orleans where he was like not even playing the last half of the season yeah yeah. so i mean it could get that ugly i mean i'm hoping not and the fact that you are the biggest harden fan in the world passes them up with the ninth pick says a lot about that situation yeah it it makes me really it makes me really nervous man and and it it sucks because like you know more than anything like my one rooting interest in the nba right now is i I really want to see james harden win a title because i just don't want james harden to get spoken about like we talk about carl malone or reggie miller where it's like these really great players and like they never won a title so they just get marginalized and like i don't really want to see him do it in brooklyn but like I, i want james harden to succeed uh, all right, next pick. This is all kind of like – I'm going to take Memphis. Uh, I think Memphis will probably be a little bit worse than last year. I think John Morant will be better than last year. I certainly buy into the hype of John Morant being really, really good. I, I like Memphis's team. I like their roster. You know I'm biased. I like Taylor Jenkins. Uh, and I think for Memphis, like, this is a year to just try to get better at things that they need to improve on. I think they're probably, like – three, four games under 500, but I'm comfortable with that. This is the 11th pick, right? And this feels right about where they'll finish. I don't think they'll, they're not going to be terrible. Like they're, in my opinion, like, like Oklahoma city is going to be awful, right? Memphis. I don't think there's like some huge risk of ruin. Like, I don't think we're going to look up and be like, how does Memphis have 20 wins unless somebody gets hurt? I I think this is like a 31 team, 30 to 35 wins. And, And then sort of the, you know, you're debating between these young teams. It's like, are they ready yet? I'm going to take, in that same vein, Sacramento. You love Sacramento. I liked them last year. They kind of disappointed. I don't know. I think, you know, losing Bogdanovich, there's like no buzz about them at all. Like everyone's kind of forgotten about them. But I don't think they're that bad. They played about 500 ball in the second half of last year. Um, What are they going to do with Marvin Bagley? Like, I don't know. I'm I'm like stubbornly clinging on to the Bagley hype too. That's part of it. It's so bad. It's, It's like... Just play him as a small ball five. Instead, it's like, oh, we got to play him with Rashawn Holmes. He just looks like lost then out they there. Signed, yeah, they signed Whiteside. It's just so, like. It's just weird. De'Aaron Fox looks like he might have a huge. The season we thought he was going to have last year, and he played well, but like he might take a big jump. Fox is good, man. Like there's some good player. Buddy Heald has to play. Sack yeah, and like guys good. like Harrison Barnes are on the team. Bielita, they're like, oh, okay. They're okay. It's not a yeah. bad team. Okay, and who do you have next? I'm going to take San Antonio. Uh, I feel like I just am going to do it as a respect thing, uh, which means I'm also, I mean, we can just get it out of the way because you're not going to take Oklahoma City. So I'll take Sacto and OKC and you can have Minnesota and your boy Carl Towns. Uh, I took San Antonio above because 
I do think that LaMarcus Aldridge's kind of like bombs away approach before the bubble was something good to see. I think DeRozan is playing for a contract. They could trade him, but I don't know. I, I really like Lonnie Walker. He'd be a guy that I'd have circled for most improved player, and there are no odds on him, but I think Lonnie's really good. I know they really like Keldon Johnson. I think their guards are good, and this Greg Popovich, like, wouldn't stun me to see him hanging around the eighth spot. Also wouldn't stun me to see him bottom out, but I, I think this team has too many good players to just be terrible. So I, I, I'm hoping that I'm right about that. I'm hoping they change their play style a bit. But I, I'm going to take. Yeah, I'm happy with Minnesota. I mean, I think they're not going to be. They're not going to take a leap just defensively. The roster is weird, but you know they didn't hype up the fact that Anthony Edwards like grew a couple inches, and he looks big. He, he does, is. He look, he does look big. He does look big. Um, he definitely looks like he could play small forward at least. Um, and then maybe you made a mistake, tactical error, taking the West because that does leave you with Oklahoma City, who who's going to be the worst team in the league. Yeah, so actually, are, is that error? I, I don't know. Hold Tyler? on. First of all, Slender Man, another double double, another preseason. He double does look good. He looks so really like, good. just want to throw that out there. If he wins rookie, of the he doesn't year, look like, good. He looks sickly. <laughs> he looks terrible. He but looks he, terrible. he's playing well. He's playing well. He uh, he's an interesting guy to watch because there's not. So here's the thing with Oklahoma City, right? Like their roster is. They want to be worse than they are, I think. Does that make sense? Like, Yeah, I agree. Like, Horford's good. Focus says he might be good now. I oh, mean, yeah, like, Poku crazy could be okay. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, as much as, like, we hate on him, like, he, he's not bad. He's a good player to have. Like, I don't think he's a generational superstar, but I think he's, like, a he could be your second or third best player. Also, by the you know way, what, what, do you you think, what do you think Lou Gens Dort's odds are to win <laughs> most improved player? Because he's on the board on Bovada. I mean, I was just about to say he might be becoming as fun as it was in the playoffs. One of the most overrated players, um, just because like he was really good at one thing. He's very thick and like can guard Harden okay. Right, right. But like, if you're not playing against Harden, what's the point? You know, it's <laughs> like you're just having a bad offensive player running what, around. What if they had this all set up? They knew he'd be good against like a specific like Harden type score, and they're like, okay, here's what we're gonna do. He's gonna play then we're going to bottom out, but we're going to play Dort like 30 minutes because that's like the fake tank. People are like, oh, they got Dort. He's yeah, really true. good. And instead, Sam Presti's like, yeah, keep playing him because we're losing games. But like, well, their roster is not awful. Like, I, I think Cleveland's roster is worse than theirs. Personally. On Reddit, there was like an argument like, where does Lou Dort rank among the best defenders in the last like 10 years on the perimeter? What? And it was like comparing him to Tony Allen. It's just like, I mean, he played well in like one. He's he's ideally suited to guard James Harden, and that's basically it. He's yeah, not, not guarding like, he, like Kevin Durant or something. Well, it's not like he's guarding, and also like it's it's not like you're putting him on like John Morant or like John Wall or somebody with a super quick or Darren Fox. Like he can't guard those guys. He needs to guard specifically James Harden because Harden's an ISO and he's not insanely quick off the bounce. Like he has a pretty quick first step, but like. Dort's hips don't move that way. Like, right. What, what are and I even think about? like and Andre Roberson was probably a better defender because he's a little more versatile. And okay. Long. Do do you think Lugans Dort is on the like you can get odds on him on Bovada for Defensive Player of the Year? I don't. Uh, I, I guess so. He's no, you, he's he's not on there. He's not on their board, which is which is funny because there's some guys on here that absolutely have no chance of winning. But like, I, if we saw Dort at like plus ten thousand, I was gonna be like, okay, the hype is way out of control. Uh, all right let's switch over to the east i'll very little time on milwaukee number one they're probably the best bet to win 50 games on the whole board i'm happy to take them number one i'm excited that you took milwaukee i'm also i just want to say real quick i am excited that Giannis signed an extension i I think it's good first of all he's young too and there's an opt-out after four so like this could only be a two or three year deal and he could demand a trade. So everyone who's like, Oh, he's going to be in Milwaukee for the rest of his career. Like pump the brakes. This guy's got a lot of basketball left to play. Like he could easily be 
somewhere else in three years. But it does impact the 2021 free agency class, like Dallas, Toronto, Miami. Those those guys are pissed. And obviously, I think Miami saw the writing on the wall by extending Bam. But, like, it's good for the league for Giannis to stay in Milwaukee. Like, it's it's fun, you know? Like, go take a shot. And, and they'll be good enough to – let's say Drew Holiday doesn't resign, which is a disaster for them. Like, they'll be good enough with Giannis – to, and Chris Middleton to like continue to try to tinker and, and, and win a title there. So I'm, I'm happy to see that, I just want to say. I'm going to take Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn is the best team in the East at full strength. Uh, I don't think they'll win as many regular season games as Milwaukee. Like you said, I think Milwaukee's probably the best bet in the league to win 50 games. I do think Brooklyn's maybe a better bet to win in the playoffs as they're constructed. I think I'm just going to assume everything's going to go well in the locker room and, and they'll be a great team of, you know, it won't be this like group of misfit toys that hate each other. It'll just be like, everything's good. Durant looks awesome. I mean, yeah, that's what I was going to say. He looked identical to he did before in the preseason at least. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's interesting. They'll, they'll load manage some. And like I said, you, you can't really expect Kyrie to play many more than like 50 games. He misses about 20 a year. So maybe he misses 15 this year and he plays like 50, I don't even know what the 57 games or something. So uh, I do think though, like Durant's the Durant's the guy for MVP. If you if you really think like okay, like because he's plus twelve hundred right now uh, on Bovada, and then like they are also much better of an option to win their conference, I think than than Dallas. I do think there is a scenario where Dallas can be the one seed, but. Brooklyn is probably the second best team in the East. So I'll tell you, I I just wrote about post about this. I think. Maybe it's a little bit of fandom coming across. I think Brooklyn would be my pick to win the title. And I'm, I'm banking on a healthy Durant. <laughs> I think on paper, the Clippers are the best team. I I think- Brooklyn, might, Brooklyn might actually be the best yeah. team on paper. It's just very hard, I think, to... Like, remember, when Golden State, like, finally won it all, like, they just changed their coach, but, like, everybody had been together, right? And then they added Durant, and that was an easy fix because the rest of the team had been together. Like, this is not that way, right? Like, Kyrie didn't play a lot of games with these guys last year. Yeah, and definitely some shades of the Clippers last year where these two rosters don't really fit. They're all talented, but skill-wise. I think Durant is so good. And in terms of the playoffs, it's like, it sounds silly. Like, is there a difference between playoff basketball or not? Like, Durant is a tough shot maker. Kawhi, not Kawhi, Kyrie is a tough shot maker. They're going to get buckets in the tough half court situations. I, you know, and obviously the Lakers are right in there. Milwaukee's right in there. I think those are the four teams that could win. It, it's it's funny too that you mentioned this, and I think we're making the same point, but you didn't you didn't say it. But like when everyone talks about how like Kawhi is like the best player in the world, like it's great. Kawhi is awesome. Like one of the best, I mean, one of the 10 best basketball players in the world and probably one of the 10 best of the last 10 years. But like when you talk about him and you talk about peak Kevin Durant, like it's, it's not super close for me. Well, and it's that kind of what Durant does is so different. And they're similar, but like they're just difference in class. I mean, like it reminds me of Steph Curry where it's like, Trey Young's kind of like Steph Curry and he shoots a bunch of deep threes and they'll hit 35% of them. Like Steph's hitting like 45%. Or, or it's like, or it's like Dame is like Steph Curry and it's like, yeah. yeah, he's really good. But like if you have both of them and they're playing their best, like Steph is a good bit better. Cause you know, it's, it's funny. Like let's just say like Kawhi's an eight or Kawhi's a nine and, and Katie's a 10. Like the difference between like nine and eight is probably way less than the difference between nine and 10. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like Durant, it doesn't make sense, but I kind of know what you're saying. <laughs> I speak your language. It's just that Durant, it's like, 
Kawhi last year against Denver, right? They needed a bucket so bad, and he looked so exhausted. He could get to his spots, and it looked like he had no legs. And, like, Durant, you just don't worry about that because, like, the guy just faces up and shoots over people, yeah. and it's just so easy for him. And it's like when, when he's going good, and I don't know that he'll – you know, he's coming back from an Achilles tear. He's not a young guy anymore. Like, maybe he won't, but – Well, and also the scary thing of Durant, obviously the health, the fitness, the, you know, how his legs are doing and everything else. Um, I think there's upside left. Like and we've mentioned before, he sh- he doesn't shoot enough threes. Yeah, like if he bombs a- away because of this, because he doesn't want to go to the rim quite as much, that yeah. actually could be quite good for him. Yeah, he's just like so good that he scores really efficiently anyway. But if he changes his shot distribution a little bit and shoots more threes than he does, yeah. What if they just come like out clearly the best player? What if they just come out and they're like, "Yo, you're going to play a little less ISO than you want. Like we're going to play a faster pace." And Durant just averages like 35 points a game. Yeah, like, he, it could happen. Impossible. It'd be fun, uh, I think. So this third pick is really interesting because you have, I think, four candidates. Based on record, last year you have Toronto and Boston are up there. Um, and then the guy, the hotter pipe guy teams are maybe Miami and Philly. Uh, they're all similar over-unders. You know, I think Miami's probably the safest pick. Toronto's safe. I'm going Philly, though. God, it's so annoying. I'm going Philly. I I like the construction of the team. I like having Seth Curry, who's also a very good shooter. Danny Green. The worst Tobias part about it will is be better. when they trade for James Harden and you just win 50 I know. That, that's so a lame. huge potential upgrade. And it's counting a little bit on Embiid staying healthy. But I think Simmons is going to have a monster year if he stays. I think he's a candidate for most improved because he could go up from like 17 points a game to like 22, 23. Yeah. I selfishly want to see him stay. Not, not just because like – like trading hard into the Sixers is just like whatever, you know what I mean? Like it's fun, fine. I want to see like what Daryl Morey has cooked up for like what do we do with Ben Simmons? Like second unit, small ball five. Like it could be a lot of fun. It really could be, and 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 like unlock more Ben Simmons. I would have taken. I would have snapped taken Philly at three. By the way, like well, I, maybe we'll trade him after this. Oh, I don't even know. What should I do? I really like Toronto. It feels like we're probably underestimating Boston, but I'm I'm super concerned about. Kemba's knees like that's they got to replace Hayward who I I mean I I guess like people don't seem to think that like that's a big loss like I've told you before like 17 5 and 5 on good shooting numbers is very difficult to replace I do like Romeo Langford but uh Kemba's knees are an issue and like they signed Jeff Teague that made very little sense to me Teague is on the decline like I don't get it I guess I'll just take Miami, I guess. I'm going to get stuck with Boston cuz you're going to take Toronto next anyway, but I'll take Miami. Uh, I wonder what we'll see from Tyler Hero this year in terms of a big jump. He's a big candidate on most improved player. Very interested to see what we see from Bam if he takes another jump offensively. If he does, like that kind of elevates them into that next tier. But, I mean, Miami seems – what, are they going to win 45 games? Like Miami seems fine, right? It's not super yeah, exciting. I was, I was hoping you would not take them. I thought you were talking yourself into Toronto. I'm not too excited to take Toronto or Boston. Um, I think there's going to be a little bit of take Atlanta then take Atlanta. I'll take Toronto. I mean, look, as I wanted to take Toronto. not excited as I am to take them. They won 53 games last year. <laughs> they're good. So they're good. Even if they win like 10 less, they're, they're not going to kill me here. I'll take Toronto. I, like you said, I'm just worried about Boston's health. I'm worried about their depth, but you, Boston's going to be good, right? Like I think Boston, or I'm not, we're not talking about like Boston's going to miss the playoffs. I think Boston is very clearly in that top tier of six, right? Like maybe it's Milwaukee and Brooklyn. And then the next tier, like that two through six, is Boston's like very clearly in that tier, but the Kemba thing really worries me. Like I just, he's like small guards don't age. Well, I I do. Jason Tatum's amazing. Like he could have a huge year. 
Jalen Brown, I think, is going to have a big year as well. Like, I like him as a most improved candidate without Gordon Hayward there. Uh, like I said, I like Romeo. I, I think Semi will play some at the wing spot. It'll be kind of interesting to see how that goes. Brent Williams will play more. They signed Tristan Thompson, but he's injured. Robert Williams, people really like to take a big leap, which would be very helpful for them with, with Tice. But I don't know. I'm just not so excited about Boston this year. I, I just wish they were a tiny bit deeper. It, it really it really bothers me. But yeah, but I mean, Boston, I think, is very clearly yeah. the next. Well, so far, the East has gone. I wrote down my like order, my preference order. It's gone exactly in the order that I would have gone. Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Philly, Miami, Toronto, Boston. And then I think the team you have to take seventh is Indiana. I won 45 games last year. Keep the core together. I think they're going to go be a little bit worse. No one's excited about them, but I think they're in between the sort of eighth seed and the, the notch that you said before, the like five, six range. Yeah, so seven, I think I feel compelled to take Indy, but eight is where it gets interesting because there are a few candidates fighting for that eight seed. It's not a guaranteed playoff spot anymore, but likely playoff spot. And the teams are going for it, which is fun to see in the East. Teams targeting the eighth. Well, who do you like to maybe get around that range? I'm going to take Atlanta. Uh, I don't love kind of some of the stuff that's going on in Atlanta. And I think, like I said, Lloyd Pierce is either going to win coach of the year or get fired probably, like or finish second for coach of the year. But they're going to really score it, I hope, at least. Uh, and they are, like you said, they're going for it. I think they are more than anyone trying to get into that eighth spot. I think that matters. Whereas, like, I think, you know, like I think the Wizards, they're outside the eighth spot. Like they might just be like, all right, whatever. Let's see what we can do. Do we trade Brad Beal? Is that our best move going forward? Like I could see the Wizards blowing it up if things aren't going well, right? I could see that. Atlanta's not doing that. Uh, and so I feel good about Atlanta. Like I think there's some chance Atlanta's better than Indiana. I don't know how much of a chance because I, I, I like Indiana too, but I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to go with Atlanta. I think Trey Young's going to have a monster year and I think they're going to win some games and we know about Trey Young's social media presence and his dad's out there tweeting about things. So I think there's going to be a lot of love for Trey Young to be, you know, second team all NBA, first team all NBA. He was MVP getting into it with Grayson votes. Allen. Did you see those highlights? Yeah. They were pathetic. fighting. Like, what is going on? Like, first of all, how many more times are we going to let this happen with Grayson Allen? Well, I don't think, you know, it's funny. It's like I a thought Trey was, thing. I thought yeah, Trey, Trey was, was wrong in this circumstance, yeah. but everyone's like, Grayson Allen, what a douche. I mean, so. at some point, again, it's the it's the justified line. Like, if you see an asshole in the morning, you saw an asshole. If you see assholes all day, you're probably Yeah, it's true. You know, it's right? like the one girl Bill Cosby was respectful to, and he's like, hey, I didn't do that one, you know? Do like, I have to edit this out? No, yeah, no, that's fine. Can you talk about um, Bill Cosby? Okay. All right, go. You're going to pick Ninth is um tough one. Because I was watching preseason, I was studying, and I, you know Washington looks iffy to me a little bit. I mean, I like Westbrook's energy. I think they're just a weird mix of like Westbrook and a bunch of young guys. Obviously, Beal's really good, but I don't think it's going to come together totally. I don't think they're it's a weird be a group. Team. It's a weird group. But I you know I still like Beal. I think Westbrook will try hard. I think they're decent enough to get this ninth spot. I'll take you, you know. Washington's funny because, like, they are going to play this lineup that's like Russ, Beal, Rui, maybe Denny, and then Thomas Bryant. And they're going to have Bryant shoot threes and Beal shoot threes, and maybe Denny's a good three point shooter. It doesn't seem super likely. Like, he made all his shots the first preseason game, and he's not shot it well since then. But they have Davis Bertans, right? And he's just like on the bench, this like three point bomber. Doesn't he make more sense to start? But then there's this other part of it that's like, well, we need Russ to take a billion shots and we need Beal to take a billion shots. So if Bertans is playing with them, he can't do it. But like, 
I, I don't know. You're, you're right. It's going to be very tenuous to put all the pieces together. And like you, you already think Scott Brooks is out of there. So, well, that's the thing. Like, I think he should be, but then if they get the eighth spot or if they get the ninth, is that good enough? You're playing like this plan thing. I, I don't think it really works. Honestly. Like I think Rui's not, I think he's overrated. I think Denny's just young. I think Thomas Bryant's a little overrated at this point. I just, Definitely a little overrated for sure. They have Robin Lopez running around. Maybe that'll help. Yeah, I don't understand that either, but I don't know. It'll be some fun stuff with Robin Lopez and G Wiz. Zach Lowe will love it. All right, 10th pick. I'm going to take Chicago, which I don't know if that's like surprising to you, but I, I think Billy Donovan's fine. Like I think you know, they'll be better than Boylan. I, I think Kobe White was pretty good last year. Uh, they were so scattered with like – people getting injured and having some vets and some young guys. Like, I think this is like a sneaky team to win. As I look at their roster more, I know I was like pretty critical of them in the past, but I think they're just going to be solid. Like they're just going to be an, an okay team. Like Markkinen may make some shots like Wendell Carter. I think has a chance to be pretty good as I've said before. So like, while Orlando is probably in the same boat. I just can't get over how Orlando's built. Like it just doesn't work for me. I've watched them in the preseason twice now and I know it's a preseason, but like, their spacing's terrible. Like, I just, I don't know. Orlando's just, I'm just going to pick upside. Maybe Kobe White's super good and it'll be fun to watch. Well, you know, and Patrick Williams look good and same with Devin Vassell. And so maybe these look really State good. guys. Yeah, yeah. these look really good in San Antonio. Like the Florida State guys are kind of, you know, underutilized, you know, good team. It really sucks for Florida State. I think they like had a really good chance to win the title last year in college. And then, you know, it's just like over. Um, I think that's a good pick. I like Billy Donovan. And, you know, the team you mentioned, I'm going to go with Orlando. I was watching in the preseason. I'm like, you know, there's this natural tendency to write them off because no one likes them. There's no momentum. Isaac's out. They should probably tank. But I don't think they are going to tank. And they still have, you know, some decent veterans. Vucevic is shooting a lot of threes. Vucevic is good. He's a really good player. I think they might just, like, by, you know, muscle memory – get that eighth seed even it's and, possible it's definitely yeah. possible so i told I'm you the, happy guy, to them. the guys i've talked to in like that kind of like washington indiana the guys i know on those teams like they they think orlando is in that tier with like them in atlanta like i know that for a fact and so like i just i don't know man they're so boring like they're gonna defend we know that it's just i don't know they're 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 just boring cole anthony you've been you've been enjoying that show He's big. He, looks he is. Big. He's big. Yeah. Michael Carter Williams has played pretty well for them. Like, I, I don't know, man. No DJ Augustine might matter a, a bit more. They're just weird. I'm going to, I guess I'll, whatever even my choices. Like and Your choices are in order of over under. No, I'm going to take Charlotte. I'm going to take Charlotte. I'm going to take Charlotte. LaMelo Ball really can't shoot, but he is the odds on favorite for rookie of the year. He's going to do some highlight reel stuff. He had an unbelievable pass on Saturday night in traffic on a break. He also shot one for 10. Uh, Gordon Hayward broke his pinky, but I mean, Charlotte will be fine. Like we've said before, Charlotte outperformed their metrics uh, a year ago. You know what? Watching them in the preseason, I'm like, there's a chance that this is just a disaster. There is a chance. There is a chance. LaMelo just might be really bad out of the gate. And you know, and it's okay. I think it'd be interesting. I don't know. Maybe if, Maybe you should have considered thinking about this before, but I would like to know, like, how many rookies do we know that have been, like, really awful that turned out to be pretty good, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like right. there is that some chance- always like, there was a, like, NFL theory that if you're really bad out of the gates, you never get that much better. I think it's been disproven a little bit. 
like Alex Smith got a lot better. I think Matt Josh, Stafford. Josh Allen's gotten better. Yeah. Like it's in terms of rookies. We're talking just NBA. QBs though. Yeah, I can't think of guys who are, you know, there's that thing of like a rookie comes in and he's like immediately like one of the five worst players. Like that happened. Dur- Durant was Durant struggled his rookie year, yeah. but also like PJ Carlissimo was like playing him at the two and like you know what I mean? Like it was a weird situation, but he was not great as a rookie. And then there are guys like, you know who the guy kind of reminds me of it actually? Two examples of guys that you would have called busts. I think CJ McCollum had like two bad years. He was not row. great. That's and correct. then he blew up. And then Otto Porter, I think, had a really tough first couple of years and like wasn't playable. And then he got better. He also, huh. Porter, though, Porter got hurt and like missed an entire preseason. And then when they brought him back, he was just like woefully behind. And then all of a sudden they were like stand in the corner and make shots and wall, you know. But I think LaMelo will be okay. Like he does look like his body looks like, you know, more developed than I thought. I mean, that sounds like a weird thing to say, but it's no, he's, like he's, he's not he's, like a stick figure. He's big. Like he's yeah. he's very big. But it's like And the other guy that I noticed in the preseason. Yeah, McCollum six five points and six points is in, in um, not a lot of minutes. Cody Zeller, I've always like talked myself into is like a good young big guy, rotational guy. Somehow he went from like 23 years old to like 43. Like he looks like he's balding. Somebody cut his brother yesterday or Saturday. Somebody cut his brother. And I was like, Tyler Zeller's like still kicking around. Like this feels like we're a long way away. Cody looks really old. I don't know what happened to him. I mean, he looks okay as a player, but he just like physically looks a lot older. I I will say one thing about the McCollum thing. Like he only played like 15 minutes a game. And I don't know. I I mean, Charlotte has to play LaMelo, right? And he also wasn't like a top three pick, but like. It's just like, I don't know. You know what you I don't like about LaMelo? Do you think he'll be worse than Darius Garland? Do you think he'll be worse than Darius Garland? Yeah, like probably Garland's not. a great example of that. Um, probably not. The thing I don't like about LaMelo is like, somehow I've had to hear about like, LeVar Ball again a bunch of times. It's like, Why? He did, nobody's been talking about LeVar. He, no, he did an interview with Durant that got some press. And it's just good, like, good. It's a good yeah. father. <laughs> Three kids in the NBA. That's true. Well, one uh, thing I will say about LaMelo, though, is, like, he has a chance to win Rookie of the Year just because, like, he's going to get assists. His turnover numbers are probably going to be very high, but he's going to get assists. He's going to shoot it terribly, but he's also going to rebound. And so, like, that's true. if you see a situation, like, let's say he averages, like, 11, 6, and 6 on, like, 38, 25, 75 or something, does that guy win Rookie of the Year? He might. You know what? Actually, that's another prediction I'll make right now. I think he'll he'll get a lot of rookie of the year votes. Probably win it based on like raw stats. And and he's not like Lonzo. Like Lonzo's like very shy about going inside. Basically, oh Lamelo, that guy. He's some wild shit. Yeah, and I like that. And it's um like I even saw I forgot who it was. Maybe JJ Redick talking about Lonzo Ball on New Orleans. Like he's better than he knows like you could shoot more you could try to score more and it's like he's maybe it's just like unselfishness maybe it's insecurity whatever it is like he just doesn't like to you know go inside and use his length at all and lamel is better at that um yeah and again lamel's also like he has grown like you said like he's you know he's six seven i mean i know i, I read that he was six eight again I, I don't believe that but He's good. Like he's he's got a chance to be very good. Like he has one tool that is absolutely playable, and that's passing. Like, but 100%. I will make the, the my prediction was I think the guy you, that you've been on for like three years, Kevin Pelton, huge supporter. It looks like Tyrese Halliburton is going to be like very effective. He should be good. He should yeah. be really good. He, it's a but, good spot for him in Sacramento too. Like he can play both guard spots. Like it's good. Yeah, I just don't know if he'll get the stats and the minutes. Like, but I think he's going to be one of the better rookies, and that's why I was happy to take Sacramento. Um, 
here, three teams left, you know, in order to finish last year, it'd be the Knicks, Pistons, Cavs. Um, Pick the Knicks. Obi Toppin <laughs> ain't no stopping him, baby. I have to go Detroit. Damn I mean, I, I like Blake Griffin. I'll tell you, I like Mason Plumley. I think he's a competent starting center. I don't they have a bunch, have the a bunch of competent guys. Bunch yeah, Jeremy Grant's playable. Killian Hayes, body type wise, again looks big. I think he's he might be, actually be. He might be awful for this yeah, year. He might on really this bad. on this team, he could be terrible. And it's and this is the team that's like crying out to have Luke Kennard as like a shooter, and they lost him. They got some, Sadiq Bay. That's what they. Why? Why yeah. did they do what they? Did? I still can't get over their offseason. I just can't. But it we makes, haven't heard anything about trading Blake Griffin yet, have we? I mean, and they lost Christian Wood, so maybe they're like, let's I mean, just it, roll with Blake and these supporting guys. It made much more sense for Washington, or even it made much more sense for Houston to trade for Blake Griffin than it did for like Washington to go Westbrook Wall. Like it made much more sense to go Westbrook for Griffin, or at least for those teams. Obviously, Rose and Westbrook together would be. A disaster, a disastrous bearing. But I don't know. I, Blake Griffin's good, man. I hope he's healthy. He's fighting Thomas Bryant in the preseason. He's laughing about it. You know, it, when he's allowed to handle the ball, he's the best. I, I, I think he's. I mean, other than like LeBron, like yeah. I think Blake Griffin's like the best over six nine creator in the NBA. Like he is fantastic with the ball in his hands. And I agree, then, but he, you want him to have shooters around, and so you have. Oh my god, this team is no like, one really. I what like. Far is be anyone from, on the far team like for a me, good shooter? Yeah, Sadiq Bey's a good shooter. Yeah, but he's a rookie. I'm not going to... Right. Jeremy Grant is like a credibly good open jump shooter. Yeah. Like, I, I just think that like, I would love to sit Troy Weaver down. Like, and not, not like coach him or anything because he's obviously very good at what he does or was thought to be very good at what he does. And I, I would just like to hear the plan, right? Like... Don't like, make don't, me do this rant again about how his press conferences are so bad. But. No, but I, I don't want to take the leap that like he's a he's a community college guy, so he can't possibly be good at his job. Like I'm not going to go that far, but like I just want to know. Like I, th- there are times like don't don't you, you know, everybody knows like that when Daryl Morey is doing something like, man, like every single person in the media is like, this is why they're doing it. It's so smart, whatever. Like you know when Billy Bean, it's the same stuff. But like when you have a guy like Troy Weaver who's doing something different, like. That's intriguing to me, not because I think it's good, but because it's like I'd like to at least be able to consider why it might be good. Because right now you look at their decisions, you're like, man, this is bad. It's just you bad. know what it kind of reminds me of. He's his first job as a head guy. I think he's been in the mix before. I, yeah, I think, he has been in the mix before. Yeah. yeah, it's the first time to get to make moves. It's almost like a kid on Halloween, man, a young good. kid on Halloween, and then you get that big bag of like, what do you want to get? You reach your hand in and just grab a bunch of stuff excitedly. And then you look at it and you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, I got like two Nutter Butters here. <laughs> an apple. Yeah, I got an apple. Like I didn't really balance this properly. <laughs> um, I think that's sort of his roster building <laughs> no, know, I, philosophy. I, I mean, that honestly makes sense where it's a lot of activity, a lot, lot, of, lot of things happening very, very quickly, but not a, not a huge plan behind it. Like I said, I'd love to hear it. And, you know, I hope in a couple of years we see more of like a coherent picture because this is, this is not that. Uh, I'll take New York. I'll take the Knicks. I feel like, man, we have picked the Knicks and the Cavs and like so low for three straight years. And it's just funny. Uh, the Knicks will be fine. Uh, I don't I agree I with you. Over. Like the Knicks are like one of the more I wouldn't be able to peg them. Like RJ Barrett, I think is gonna be better. It's hard to be worse. I don't really know what else they have. Honestly, yeah, I mean, Obi, I mean Obi, but Obi, Thibodeau should be. 
try hard. They'll, they'll defend, right? Mitchell Robinson and Nerlens will get a lot of love for being like very good defensive bigs with with Thibs. It would be fine, and like RJ should be okay. He's going to play a million minutes. He's a sneaky most improved guy just because he, his raw stats might just be much much better. Obi Toppin will be okay, right? Like I, I think he'll be fine. I think he'll play a good bit, which is obviously what you need to win Rookie of the Year. I don't. They've got like Reggie Bullock. They've got Austin Rivers. Like they have some vets. Julius Randle putting up numbers. Yeah, and it's like this team stinks, right? But like they could stink to the tune of twenty-eight wins rather than eighteen. I don't know. I mean, like I think on paper they're one of the worst teams. They definitely are bad. They definitely. I mean, I, I, to the point where I think they're worse than Cleveland. Because look at Cleveland, like a bunch of young kids. But then you have Kevin Love and Andre Drummond, who are at least like capable former All Stars. It's interesting, too, when you say that, because, like, I I think Colin Sexton has, like, a real chance to be good. Like, he he has to, like, learn how to play, but, like, if you you look at... Colin Sexton reminds me of, um, maybe this is going too far, but Josh Allen, the quarterback for Buffalo, where it's, like, no one liked the pick. Josh Allen mentions on our show? (laughs) No one liked the pick, and then he had, like, a bumpy rookie year, but then he was, like, good as a second-year player, and, like, maybe we're all just wrong. You know, like maybe we're all wrong on Josh Allen. Maybe we're wrong on Colin Sexton being like this empty calorie score. Maybe he is that, but maybe he's just like a good it's, scorer. I mean, I, I mean, John Hollinger, who, you know, he's not the be all end all guy, but John Hollinger said like, he's basically young Gilbert Arenas. And like, it's, do you become a good player with this skill set, or do you just want to just score a million points and not get any better at the other things? But he said, like, if you look at them and you look at their statistical profiles, you look at how they played their first two years in the league, like, there's a lot of Gilbert Arenas there, and Gil he got definitely better. can score. And the, you would not pair him with a tiny point guard who's also a scorer. But yeah, I mean, that makes that just makes zero sense. Like again, and Kevin Porter's good, but it, I do I do agree with you. Like if you put these rosters next to each other, like because you're taking Cleveland, but maybe I should. Yes. I don't know. But if you put no, no, I mean you're taking the Knicks. You had yeah. Pick. So Cleveland, obviously. But if, I'm saying if you if you put Cleveland and the Knicks next to each other, like. Sexton's probably the best player, right? Like that's the guy you'd most want. Or Kevin Love's good. I mean, I think the Knicks might have the three best players. Whatever. No, the Cavs. Cavs. That's what whatever. What What happened to Iggy Brzezakis? Like he just was like everyone loved him, and he just never played. Like it's it's weird. Like the Knicks. The one part about the Knicks that's really, if I was a Knicks fan, and I don't know that I would still watch the NBA if I was a Knicks fan, but their young guys are not exciting. Well, like, what about not. quickly? Everyone's talking about quickly. Yeah, he can shoot. He can't do anything else, but he can he can really shoot it. But it's like RJ Barrett. Okay, I can buy that. But like then they've got like Kevin Knox. No, I'm not excited. Frankie Smokes. I'm not excited. Dennis Smith. Definitely not excited. Quickly. Eh. Like it, what what are we doing here? Like what what are the Knicks doing? Like when are they going to be good? That none of the like do they have one guy on the team that makes you think like okay he can be a star? Even Obi Toppin. Well, that's what I think maybe Barrett, but it's like Barrett's got you like RJ Barrett, and I, I like, like RJ Barrett. I think he's it's good. the same thing with like you know he needs to be in a good situation. He needs to be surrounded by shooters. We say that all the time. Blake Griffin, we just said it about. We said that about Russell Westbrook in the past. It just goes to show you that it's really situation. not that easy to do. Yeah, you that's know? very true. That's why like a guy like Paul George or something, <laughs> like people hate on, but he's like he could fit anywhere. He's just a yeah. good shooter. He's a good defender. Um. And then the guys who are very specific, it's just hard. It's hard to like fit Wessel Westbrook on every team. Um, and, you know, Chris Paul maybe is easier to do because he just doesn't have like holes, you know, like it, there's no like stylistic problems there. It's funny. Like I, I was, it's, it's a good point. Right. And, and like, I, again, if we look at Cleveland's roster, like you could get 
get excited about Colin Sexton. Like you get excited about Kevin Porter. Like you said, Kevin Love's good. Andre Drummond's a good NBA player. Like Isaac Okoro actually has some like excitement to his game. Like I, I don't love him, but like, and it's, it's weird because like the, the Knicks just don't have that. Like it's, it's, it's sad times in New York. And then I was talking about this before, like all of a sudden this like 2021, like legendary free agency class is now like dead. Right. You have Chris Paul, who's probably going to pick up his $40 million extension. You have Kawhi, who I doubt is going to go sign in New York. Then it's like Blake Griffin, Mike Conley, Lowry, DeRozan, Otto, Drew Holiday, Drummond, Victor Oladipo. Like, it's just there's, there's nobody here that you're looking at. If you're Knicks, you're like, well, we've got all this cap space. We're under the salary floor. Like, let's go spend money on these guys. Not, there, there's nobody that makes sense. Um, okay, so let me read you back the picks just so people are keeping track at home. You can flow trade offers really quick if you want, because I tell me if you regret any of these picks. So in the West, you went first, Clippers. I went the Lakers. You went Dallas. I went Utah, Denver. I took Portland. You took Phoenix. New Orleans, we have eighth, was the eighth pick. Ninth pick was you took Golden State. Then I took Houston. You took Memphis. And then I took Sacramento, San Antonio, Minnesota, Oklahoma City. I wish I had taken Utah third, because I don't think you would have taken Dallas fourth. Yeah, I probably would have taken Denver. Yeah, so I wish I had taken Utah third because then I could. For me, Utah like the team Dallas. that I like, circled is like this is going to be a big swing is Houston. For me, I took them tenth, um, but it's just like they could be this fifth seed. They could be the worst team. Like I have no idea. Um, and again, we're doing this before the Harden trade, obviously. Uh, in the East, I went first. Milwaukee. You had Brooklyn. I took Philly. You took Miami. I took Toronto. You took Boston. With the seventh spot, I took Indy. You had Atlanta eight. I had Washington at nine. Then you had the Bulls. I had Orlando. You went with Charlotte. I took Detroit. And then you took the Knicks over the Cavs. Is there anything you regret there? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the Knicks, after our discussion, <laughs> they, 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 they could be worse than Cleveland. I don't think that's going to make or break us. That might be like the, four the or five team months. that I'm like questioning is the Wizards. Based on our discussion, I'm like, is this going to fit? I they don't. could be. They could be better than people think, though, because like Russ, like Russ's teams are always competitive right so like it seems pretty unlikely that they're just going to be a 23 win team probably seems yeah. pretty unlikely they're going to be like a 45 win team too. <laughs> i don't know they won 25 last year I, I don't think there was a chance for me to get them but i, I really am disappointed that i didn't get philly because there's a chance that everything blows up in philly and like simmons and mb just can't work together like it's possible we see that but i also think that their roster is just so much better not like more talented i just think it's way better fitting for those two guys and they have a Doc is a good coach and Moore is a really good GM. And like, I think Philly's going to be really good. Let's say hypothetically they trade for Harden for Simmons, let's say, and picks. Like, do you think they would be the one seed, two seed? Where would they go? I, first of all, I just want to throw this out here. I'm so tired of hearing people be like, I wouldn't trade Simmons for Harden. Like, I understand wanting to trade Embiid instead of Simmons, but like acting like, getting James Harden is like a bad thing. Like I get not wanting to trade hard for Harden and giving up Simmons in three firsts. Like I understand that, but like Harden would automatically solve so many of their problems because he can play point guard. Like he can get guys shots. Like he can, he can make open threes. Like he can get a shot himself. And it's like him and Embiid together should be really good. I would imagine. Cause like we've seen yeah. James Harden play a ton of ISO, but he wouldn't have to play that. He doesn't have to be that guy. He, he's getting underrated just because yeah. of bad buzz. Like there's so many fans I read like, 
I wouldn't trade, you know, whatever deer and Fox for Harden. I'm like, it's maybe insane. you wouldn't, but like Harden's is much better. He's, He's much better, better than Tyler Hero, you know? Like, like I, I'm, I'm serious. Like there's a list of guys that like straight up, I think you wouldn't trade for James Harden. It's a short list. Like it's a very short list. Like, you, know what I, you know what I would almost do? If you're going to win the title, if you want to win the title no, this year. And you have him for two years. Hopefully he yeah. plays. Like, I, and that's the thing. Like I, if I was Sacramento, I'd be trying to trade for him. But like, would he show up? I don't know. Um, what about this trade? I was just thinking about Utah. What if they're like Donovan Mitchell, superstar, trade for Harden? Um, Harden on Utah, I think he's not, we're talking about notches above. Like, I think he's a couple notches above. Mitchell is a similar player. Definitely. Um, and I think they could be right in the mix to win the title. And then if you're Houston, you think, okay, Donovan Mitchell's a marketable guy. He'll put up numbers. He's under contract for a while. Maybe it's like a, you know, a poor man's Harden that we could live with. I don't think, I mean, Houston would want more than that, right? Like Houston would want Mitchell and like three picks, which that's probably better. I'd rather do that. I mean, I'd rather, I'd rather ask. I'd, have, I'd want that less than I'd want Simmons in three picks. So but. of all the guys, if you were Houston, you want Simmons. I mean, of guys that I think are available, like there's, there's plenty of dudes I'd rather have other than Simmons, but like, I, I don't know. I don't understand like Houston's thought process, right? Like this is what always happens when you're trying to trade like a, an actual superstar, right? Is you always end up getting less because it's just how it works. Right. So you, I, I wonder like, why wouldn't you like call Milwaukee and be like, give us Drew Holiday, give us like Dante DiVincenzo, and then give us two firsts or something. That way, Holiday's money comes off the books, right? So you're, 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 and you can just go right into a rebuild. Like, why wouldn't you do that? Like, I understand that well, it's James why? Harden. Like, I'll tell you what, what makes it really tough for Houston is they still have a lot of money on the books because of right, their, their, their cap sheet sucks. They're hard cap. Their and cap they, as we garbage. mentioned, they don't have their pick. So it's not like you can tank. And, so and then like, again, these picks don't matter, right? Unless they're in the 2022 draft, everybody they're trying to deal with right now, it's all late first round picks. And like, those just aren't valuable. They're just not, I mean, they're valuable in, in a sense, but like. Well, it sucks for Hart, for Houston too, because the time to trade him is before the draft when you like know what you're getting. Like yeah. this last year, if they worked out something with Golden State and like, okay, I know what the number two pick is going to be. Yeah. Is that a franchise? But you don't know talent? now. Yeah. Like, if you trade with the Bucks, you trade with the Sixers. Like, do you really want the thirtieth pick or the twenty-fifth pick? Or like, it just doesn't make sense. In twenty twenty-two, maybe it does in a double draft. Like, you might have a those picks might have a little bit more value. But like, it's just I so. Think, I think they, it makes sense to wait almost. And well, and for Philly, you're, you're fighting against practice time too, right? Like, the season is starting Tuesday, so and like. That this must really frustrate Houston because like Philly is operating from a position of power where it's. As they we should. Have our young, yeah, our, we have our young guys under contract. They're all young. We we tweaked things. We added shooters. We added a new coach. We feel pretty good about our team right now. We're in no rush no, to shake it up. Whereas Houston, it's like, okay, if we don't deal hard in, this just gets louder and louder. I, I, I will say this. I don't think this will be an Anthony Davis scenario. Because of James Harden's personality, he's not just going to say, like, F it and not play. What he'll do is, like, He'll just like blow things up from the inside. Probably, I think he'll play. So I think like Houston knows like well maybe if we just kick this down the road, we can get a much, a good amount of games out of Harden. People can see that he's engaged. He's not as fat as he looked in that Twitter picture. Like maybe it's better. But it's it's also like if you're Houston, the most strength you probably have is right now because the team who trades for him gets two years of him and two years to try to convince him to stay. Because yeah. like here's the thing, Harden's game is going to age reasonably gracefully right because he's not 
a super athletic Marvel, right? He's very athletic. He's strong. He's super balanced. But like the way he plays now with like fakes and how he uses his body, like he can do that for a little while longer. Like we could see James Harden still scoring at a high level at 36 or 37. It's possible. And it's also, there's just like so much room to get worse. Like he's averaging like 35 points a game. Yeah. I mean, the guy's ridiculous. Like it's, it's amazing. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't. Cause there are a lot of suitors that make a ton of sense. Like it, like I said, like Golden State is the one to me. Like Golden State makes sense. Toronto makes a little bit of sense. Milwaukee makes some sense. Like, but I don't know. Like again, if you're doing that, it's just because you want cap space. Like if you're trying to get a young player, like, I mean, what are you going to do? You're gonna, you you got Philly, right? Maybe you could like call Sacramento and like gauge, like I you like said, gauge Aaron like this- Fox, gauge Halliburton, like. But if you're not trying to, if you're not just trying to get cap space and and higher picks, there aren't a lot of options. It's just not. Yeah, I think the most likely. I mean, the maybe not most likely, but if you're Houston, you're like, look, roll it back. Let's make the playoffs for a couple of years. Wait for this wall contract to come off the books, and, just, and then find another star after that. Yeah, and I just think that Tillman's just not going to do that, right? And he knows, like, they're not going to have. I mean, Texas is likely to have fans before anybody else, but like they're not going to have fans in the arena. So it's like I don't know. The, the hard stuff is weird. It'll be interesting. But, but the Wiggins, like Wiggins and Weissman, let's say, kind of makes sense. That makes sense. It makes some sense for sure. And I don't know. I mean, Golden State probably doesn't want to do it, right? Like Steph probably doesn't want to play with Harden. I know which, they always like shade him too. Like they always talk about you know the style and stuff. But like Harden and Curry together, it'd be amazing. It'd be so fun. Like it'd be it'd be great. That's, <laughs> and then that's you can play back for next year. I mean, come on, that's pretty that, good. That's where again, like. Exactly. That's my point. Like if you're Golden State, like you keep that title window open for at least two years, whereas like they probably can't win the title in the next two years, right? It's probably just not possible. Like Well, it's hard when Clay's on on the bench, you know. Right. And and it's hard when you've got now two years without Clay Thompson, right? Like you had ACL and now you got an Achilles injury, like he's a lights out shooter, he'll probably always be that. But I don't know. It's it's weird. Like like Boston can't really do it. It Indiana, they can't really do it. Like it's just couldn't Boston do it if they did like Jalen Brown? But why? I mean, that's probably Tatum and Harden together. I don't know. I mean, what if what, what if Washington just traded Beal for Harden and they just did a straight <laughs> like it's just Wall and Beal are playing Houston? <laughs> I just think that, like the Harden stuff's really interesting to me because he's not like I said for some reason like the media presentation of james harden and, and i understand the off-court stuff like i understand him going to birthday parties instead of taking things seriously or how much he likes going to strip clubs like i get that but the, the harden we see on the basketball court the disconnect is real here zan in terms of like yeah. how good this guy really is and what people think of him like it's it's this harden slander is a joke like i get the elimination games and the playoff stuff but like this dude is one of the best five players in the nba and for some reason, people are like, yeah, you know, I don't know. Cam Johnson's pretty good. I don't think I want to put him into James Harden. Know, it's like, what the so hell are you ridiculous. talking about? It is ridiculous. Um, I agree with you. Like, I, I never liked James Harden, but, like, you have to just look at the stat sheet. I mean, it's incredible what he's been doing. Yeah, like, I, wouldn't you trade Anthony Edwards for Harden today? I think that's, that's another deal that makes a lot of sense. And I think it makes sense for Houston because— How bad would Minnesota be defensively? Wow. But I'll tell you something. Carl Anthony Towns and Harden. And Harden together? They score it. Figure out the rest. What about Atlanta? That's another one. Just lean into no defense. All right, whatever. We'll do Harden trades for for hours. Okay, so NBA starts Tuesday, the 22nd. an emergency pod if Harden does get traded. Maybe we'll do an emergency pod. I'm enjoying not doing emergency pods. But uh, 
MTV Challenge accepted your other show, Thursdays or Fridays. I watched Strong one episode. Did you watch one episode? I, I watched like 30 minutes of one episode. Of the it's, first one or the second one? Uh, it was on TV during the day. I have no idea which one it was. Oh, come on. I, don't, I, I honestly don't. I just had it on the background while I was parenting. So it was a good show to watch with a, a, a seven I'll tell you something. Show. The challenge is breaking through. And I th- I, I'm not sure if it's directly related to the fact that we're doing a podcast on it. But um, Netflix is now airing a couple of the seasons. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, they're old. They're like 10 years. It was Johnny Banana's first season, if that tells you something. Um, he's been on 20 times since then. Literally 20 times. Uh, but um, it's still worth watching. No, <laughs> watch, absolutely. Go so watch MT- The Duel if you want to watch this. MTV Challenge accepted Thursdays or, Friday, or Thursdays or Fridays. He is Zan underscore Ellison on Twitter and Reddit. Email the show Ellison at gmail.com. And, and next time we talk, Zan, we'll have some real results to talk Whoa. about. So that'll be fun. Thanks for listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show with your hosts, Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Tune in next week for more NBA storylines and news.